the image that I use is a magnetic field is like the wind. You don't know it's there until you see the leaves moving. Or if it comes up against you. And so the more dynamic the leaves, the motion of the leaves, the more dynamic the field is. So same thing happens in the body. It passes right on through like the wind. And it jiggles things and cells and the walls of cells and initiates chemical reactions in the body that are all in motion towards healing. In other words, it causes a rebalancing effect in the tissues. Where the body has more energy, it could do more work. If you have more energy, you could do more work. Welcome to the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Dr. Pollock. Today, you're about to hear how pulsed electromagnetic fields, PEMFs, are a universal comprehensive health and injury hack and whole body optimizer, essentially a Swiss army knife for health. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today, I have Dr. Pollock. Dr. William Pollock just retired from his holistic medical practice to devote his time completely to advocating for pulsed electromagnetic field, or PEMF, therapy. He has had past university positions at Johns Hopkins and University of Maryland. His medical training includes family medicine and a master's degree in clinical epidemiology. Non-conventional training includes acupuncture, homeopathy, hypnosis, bodywork, energy medicine, nutrition, and functional medicine. He is recognized as a foremost authority on PEMF therapy in North America, especially for holistic pain management, healing, and tissue regeneration. He's worked with PEMFs for over 30 years. He's the owner of www.drpollock.com and the author of the most comprehensive book on healing with PEMFs, Power Tools for Health. He has also written multiple chapters in scientific books and many articles, done over 50 radio podcast magazine TV interviews, and was co-host of a two-hour holistic health radio show for over 10 years. Most recently, he hosted the Pain Solution Summit, which you can find at painsolutionsummit.com. He received the ACIM Lifetime Achievement Award in 2019 for his work in advancing magnetic field therapy and was a featured expert on the proven healing breakthroughs backed by science documentary series. Wow, lots there. So welcome to the show, Dr. Pollock. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and uh, helping me to share with your, your tribe. Well, tell us about yourself. How You have quite the background, but how did you get interested and become the expert on PEMF? So tell us your story. This, the story. So I was a family physician. I uh, was running a medical group in New Jersey, about 30, 30 doctors, different types of practitioners. Over a week or two weeks, we had a couple of admissions to the hospital of people with gastric bleeding, one of whom almost died from, from it. And I began to question for myself, why? And it's from ibuprofen, from using non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like aspirin, ibuprofen as well. So I said, this is stupid medicine. It's really a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. But one of the problems is the GI bleeding caused by the treatment. So we were killing people or nearly killing people for their pain management. They were going to die of their pain, but they they were going to die of their treatment. And subsequently, since then, I found out that there are about 16,000 people a year die from gastric bleeding from from non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. 16,000 more than die of AIDS. Wow. And when you add kidney disease on top of that, you're talking about 30,000 people a year are dying from complications 
of these of these innocent, commonly used medications. Give us some examples of those for the audience. So what are NSAIDs? Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. That's what NSAIDs stand for. So that's aspirin. Aspirin is probably the most commonly used NSAID. Aleve, ibuprofen, Motrin. And the list goes on, meloxicam, you, you name it. All of these are non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, and they all cause gastric irritation. And as a result, it causes bleeding. And the more you take, the more risk you have. So, for example, one of the – a long time ago, I read an article that if you take more than 3,000 grams of a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory in your lifetime, you have a fourfold, 400% chance of wiping out your kidneys. So a woman, if she takes ibuprofen every period for the whole period at the highest doses in a lifetime, in a reproductive lifetime, she she will have exceeded her 3,000 grams. Back to that pain management too. So we, we got to figure out why pain. they have the pain. Yeah, exactly. So they don't need the exactly. NSAIDs. Yeah. So this is not this is not innocuous. You know, it seems innocuous. It's OTC. You can get it and take it on your own. That's where the risks are the highest is actually because you're taking it on your own, and you're not counting the pills, you're not counting the dosing, and so on. So it's, an, it's not innocuous. But anyway, my point to, to me was I have to do something different. I can't keep doing the same thing. So I decided to leave the house of medicine, leave everything that I was trained, leave my consultants, leave my peers, and take a chance, dive into the deep end of the pool, and learn something else. Acupuncture is what I decided to do. So I started studying acupuncture, and when I did that, after I finished my acupuncture studies as a, as a physician doing acupuncture, that was in 1990, a little while ago. And people would go like this, don't come near me with those needles. So this is before Madonna had acupuncture. Before it was popular alternative medicine. In a, in a movie, correct. So I had to do something different. I couldn't do acupuncture needles, so I had to study, find, find ways of doing acupuncture-like treatments without using needles. And what I discovered is magnets. So in the Orient, Korea, India, Japan, China, they use magnets, little tiny magnets on acupuncture points. And they worked. And I did it. I used that. I did some experiments with it. And yes, it, was, it actually worked. But I discovered along the way that they did other things that acupuncture didn't do. Because when you put a needle in, you're hoping that that needle would send the acupuncture meridians moving. And that would treat various things that acupuncturists tend to treat. But I, I discovered that magnets were treating things locally as well as doing acupuncture-like actions. So I had, a, I had an experience myself where I had a spider bite on my leg, and I put a magnet on the spider bite. I just barely noticed. I didn't even know I had a bite. I looked down, and I had this swollen area on my leg that looked just like a spider bite. Having seen many of these as a physician, I, I sort of really knew what it was. And normally, if you get a spider bite, how long does it take for a spider bite to heal? Long time. Several weeks, several yeah. weeks right? <laughs> By the end of the day, four hours, three to four hours later, gone. What kind of magnet was this? <laughs> it's a very strong magnet. <laughs> Not your typical fridge magnet, but a fridge magnet could do as well. Point is that it's doing healing work in the area that the magnet supplied, in addition to stimulating the acupuncture points and meridians that are in that area, in that specific area. So I said, well, what's, whoa, what's going on here? And I started digging into the science and tried to read more about it. And long story short, I ended up publishing a, a book called A Review of 30 Years of, of Research in so Eastern Europe. So the Eastern Europeans had been doing this for a long, long time, and they had a lot of research, but it was in Cyrillic. It was in the like Cyrillic languages, alphabet. 
I met a, a doctor, an MD PhD, who had reviewed a lot of this for his own PhD. And he had a manuscript. He said, let's produce this manuscript. So we wrote the book, Magnetic Therapy in Eastern Europe, a review of 30 years of research. But that was a highly technical book, very cryptic, very scientific. So it didn't really have much value for most people, the average person. But I learned a lot about magnetic field therapy then because we had never, there was no research in the West on the effects of magnetic field therapy in the body. And they treated pneumonias, they treated heart disease, they treated brain disease, they treated all sorts of things. And they had research. It wasn't extensive. It wasn't like volumes and volumes of research. But it was enough to really say, this is a real phenomenon. There's something really happening here. And as I accumulated evidence, accumulated research, we set up our own website, drpollock.com eventually. And that was about 13 years ago that we set that website up, 17 years ago. And then we decided to do the book. Everybody says, you got to write a book, got to write a book. I said, well, the website's a living book. I said, but you can't put everything that you want in a website. Of course, I also discovered you can't put everything that you want in a book either. <laughs> right? so every, every medium has its limitations. Yep. Um, so anyway, we wrote the, I wrote the book called Power Tools for Health, how pulse magnetic fields or PEMFs help you. And the idea there was to provide people with the science, tell people about what magnetic fields are, how they work. And then I reviewed about 50 different medical conditions and the science behind the treatment of those conditions. So I have over 500 scientific references in the book dealing with the science of magnetic field therapy. So that, again, this is not, it's not voodoo. I didn't invent it. I didn't discover it. It wasn't something out of my mind. The intent was to provide a good solid basis for what we're doing. And that's important because a lot, I review, I get questions about all kinds of other therapies all the time. And unfortunately, when you look at the science behind those therapies, there they ain't none. Oh, there's very little. There's one or two studies. I have 30,000 30, abstracts on the effects of magnetic fields on biology. So th this is a very rich area of knowledge. And despite that, it is not accepted in, in the West because it's not funded, it's not richly funded by pharmaceutical companies or universities don't have chairs and departments that are doing lots of research because nobody's paying for this research. And one of the reasons they don't is because a pharmaceutical company makes their money by selling drugs, right? And so as a result, you have to patent it. So you have to protect your invention, if you will, patent it so you can sell it for a long, long time, make a lot of money, and then you, whatever happens to it after that doesn't matter. Right, with magnetic field therapy, it's very hard to patent this stuff. And it's very they're very expensive to make. It's not like a pill which could cost, you know, anywhere between 50 cents to $5 or more or whatever it costs. Whereas magnetic fields, if you buy a piece of equipment, you have an investment. You have something that you're going to be using for a long, long time. But the initial cost is a, a limiting factor for most people. And it's not covered by insurance. Sure, sure. So let's go back to what PEMFs are. So what are pulsed electromagnetic fields? PEMFs stand for pulsed electromagnetic fields. So a magnet, a fridge magnet, is what we call a static magnet. It's not pulsing. It's just there. Okay, when you take that magnetic field, if you could take a magnet and you wave it at something, now that, mag that magnet now becomes a pulsed magnetic field. So... Static magnets don't work that strongly. They're not that effective. They work, but they're not as effective. And that's what I discovered when I worked with magnetic fields at the beginning. I used the static magnets. 
And then as a result, as I said, I discovered the limitations of static magnets and began to use the pulsed magnetic fields. And that was the sort of the, the evidence behind that original book, Magnetic Field Therapy in Eastern Europe, is that they had done a lot more work with pulse magnetic fields. And now we started getting availability of these devices in the US and started working with them. So those are pulsed, they're dynamic fields, they're in motion, the field is moving in and out. And because the field is moving in and out, every time it moves in, every time it moves out, it creates an action in the body. A static magnet, you just place it on the body and the magnet's not in motion, the body's in motion. So the effects are a lot less dynamic and they don't, they, they're more, much more shallow. So that's kind of how they act, how PEMFs, do I say that right, PEMFs? PEMFs, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, some people say PEMFs, PEMFs but yeah. I say PEMFs. Okay, so that's how they act, you're saying? Correct. Okay. So what, the way you make a, magnet, a pulse magnetic field is you pass a current down a wire. And we know that a current flowing in a wire is vibrating, it's oscillating, it has a frequency to it. And so that frequency then causes a magnetic field to be produced every time a wave goes by, a magnetic field pulses. So basically every time a wave goes by, it goes whoop, collapses, whoop, collapses. And that magnetic field goes right through the body. The body is like air to a magnetic field. A body does not exist to a magnetic field. But as it's passing through the body, it's creating all kinds of responses by the body. The image that I use is a magnetic field is like the wind. You don't know it's there until you see the leaves moving. You only feel it comes up against you. And so the more dynamic the leaves, the motion of the leaves, the more dynamic the field is. So same thing happens in the body. It passes right on through like the wind and it jiggles things and cells and the walls of cells and initiates chemical reactions in the body that are all in motion towards healing. So in other words, it causes a rebalancing effect in the tissues. Where the body has more energy, it could do more work. If you have more energy, you could do more work. Exactly. You may likely have heard me talk about one of my favorite products in several episodes called Adrenal Calm. It contains a unique blend of botanicals and nutrients that support the stress response, particularly promoting cortisol balance. Specifically, Adrenal Calm includes a blend of adaptogenic botanicals and nutrients formulated to counteract the effects of daily stress and support healthy energy levels. It also contains phosphatidylserine and L-theanine, both of which reduce that half-life of cortisol or, in other words, calm adrenaline. I love using this in the afternoon if I've had a stressful workday or before public speaking. It can also be taken on a daily basis as many of us have more daily stress now than ever before. If you're interested in learning more about adaptogenic herbs, read Chapter 6 of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And check out our product guide info sheet at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash product forward slash adrenal hyphen calm. To get 10% off adrenal calm or L-theanine, use code calm at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show. So what do you believe limits optimization and longevity? And then what kind of PEMFs are needed for optimization and increased longevity? Do you know anybody who isn't aging? No, everybody. <laughs> I do. I guess Dave Asprey seems to be aging backwards. I don't know. No, he's not. No. <laughs> no, he's not. You can't age backwards. You can recover what you've lost to some extent, but you can't, you can't age backwards. The only people I know who are not aging are children. Until about age 24, we are growing. 
We have we produce more stem cells, we produce more energy, we have more repair work. We can do all sorts of things that we can't do when we're 40 or 60. So between 24, about 24, around 24 is when we stop growing. And between 24 and, and say 40, you're basically in balance relative to most of us, unless you happen to be a professional football player or something, you're basically in balance between breakdown and repair. Okay. Once you stop growing, you are subject to entropy. And what's entropy? Breakdown. <laughs> Loss of energy. Loss of energy, yeah. Right? In other words, you don't have the energy you need to maintain that structure because the atoms have to be continually supported to maintain themselves. You're not adding more fuel. You're not adding more energy to the system. So you that means that basically they're going to break down. You do add some, and that's why you, between 25 and 40, or 24 and 40, you're in relative balance. But by the time you reach 40, most of us notice nicks and scratches, right? We notice the little things that are beginning to bother us because we have not done the repair work. We haven't completed the repair work. We can't get us back. So when you do really high-level hacking, biohacking, then you can do that. But, you know, athletes are in, actually, for, for most athletes, they're in horrible shape. Why? They're not repairing? They're not repairing. Even though you're taking all the, doing all the nutritional stuff you need to do, even though you're sleeping, you need to do, and you need to do a certain amount of activity to maintain the energy and the functions of the body so you don't stiff it up. Right. Right? But when you go beyond a certain point, now you're causing more damage than you're repairing. Sure. And what the body's lacking is energy. So how do you stimulate energy? Magnetic fields. <laughs> okay, there's the ticket. There's the key. <laughs> right? And so the, you, you know about this. You don't use it, you lose it. Right? Just moving, just moving your arm, your hand like this creates a lot of energy flowing in that tissue. There's a, a charge that flows in the fascia, in the soft tissue, between the elbow and the, uh, and the wrist at the rate of three meters a second. Three meters a second. That's extremely rapid. So every time we move, every time we do activity, we are recharging the body. That's one of the reasons people use earthing. You lay on the planet, you're getting recharged to the body. Earthing is not a whole lot different than wearing a copper bracelet. Is that from the ions that are emitted or what, what's the... Right. So what happens is the copper metal interacts with the perspiration in the skin. And the perspiration is what? Sodium? It's electrolyte soup. Electrolytes, yeah, okay. <laughs> right? So the electrolytes of the copper are interact. electrolytes in the skin and the perspiration are interacting with the copper ions, which creates charge, which then creates movement, like the meridians, acupuncture meridians creates movement in the body, which gives you some small amount of charge production. Now, magnetic fields are much more dynamic to be able to do that. They're much more effective than a simple copper bracelet. So they're essentially helping create energy. And that, that's essentially in all of our organ tissues. So that's how they promote longevity? Is that that's the... They longevity. Okay. So th I, the way I think about it is that when, again, you stop growing between 24 and 40, you start to suffer entropy. So what you're doing, most of us are, need to do, is to get us back up to what I call sufficiency or back to balance. How long can you stay in balance? Hopefully forever. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you don't. Not very long. Because <laughs> what you're doing is you, you have to match the entropy. And how well, how well do we know we're matching entropy? 
you find out whether they're matching entropy or not by seeing person one day and then seeing them again two years later and see how much they've aged. That's entropy. So it's very hard to quantitate entropy. We look backwards and we say, aha, I didn't keep up. Right? So unfortunately, it's hard to quantitate. So what we're doing then is try to get us back to sufficiency. And when we can't get back to sufficiency, being on, a say, a level playing field, that's sufficiency, staying there. Most of us are going to go like this, right? So it depends on whether we go like this or whether we just dip a little bit. So when you're dipping a little bit, then you got to start doing things to get yourself back up to as close to a level balance as you possibly can. And that's what magnetic fields do is they, they counteract the entropic process by adding more energy to the system. And the definition of entropy is the lack of energy to meet the demands of the system to maintain its form at the highest level of function that you can. Sure. So now the listeners are going to want to know, okay, so what equipment exists that's out there? How do we, how do we <laughs> use we PEMS? Yes. Yes. What's the, the good news here? What can we do? What, what equipment is available for us? Well, drpollock.com. Yeah. So again, as a physician over the years, I've discovered there's no such thing as one silver bullet. No, there's no such thing as one device taking care of all problems. And that's why we have many different devices that will solve or help to deal with different issues in the body. So you have to kind of find the device that's going to work best for you. The key really to magnetic field therapy and increasing charge in the body, increasing energy in the body, is the intensity of the magnetic field. And this is one of the most confusing things about magnetic fields because different people selling devices are selling their device. And they're going to make the pitch, the sales pitch for their machine. The most common machines out there are the weakest in terms of intensity. And there are machines that are selling for $5,000, $6,000 for one Gauss. So Gauss is G-A-U-S-S. That's a measure of the magnetic field intensity. Another term for that is Tesla or millitesla or microtesla. But the most common word is Gauss. So if you're paying $6,000 for one Gauss, that's not going to get you very far. Because what happens is that you need, the magnetic field has to go into the body. As it shoots through the body, it increases the production of energy in the body. And that's called Faraday's law, the law of Faraday's law of induction. So you're inducing electrical charge in the tissues. You're another, basically, in other words, you're increasing the energy of the tissues. So the more energy you can produce in the tissue, the better the results are going to be in terms of trying to undo entropy or to heal problems that exist. Sure. So if we go back to chronic pain, for which someone, we kind of opened our discussion today <laughs> uh, with your story of someone taking NSAIDs, which are often taken for menstrual pain, as you mentioned, or osteoarthritis or whatnot. If someone pains, whatever. Yeah. yeah. If someone has chronic pain, then, or maybe give as an example with one of your past clients, someone had joint pain, what device do you recommend? Or is that too complicated of a question? <laughs> No, it's not. And we do consultations to help people, drpollock.com. We will do consultations to help people to pick the right okay. device. Okay, perfect. So if you have, let's say, tennis elbow, which is a common problem, or carpal tunnel syndrome, common problem, the problem is pretty superficial. So you don't need a high-intensity magnetic field to deal with a very superficial problem. That fridge magnets can work very well. The static magnets can work very well. How would someone apply that? They just hold the magnet on their... Wrist? Well, they just tape it on, put it underneath a wristband, and just leave it on for hours at a time. 
when we start talking about magnets, I immediately think I'm going off on a tangent here, but why not? I, I think of <laughs> like electromagnetic frequencies, like from a cell phone. I, I think of that sort of radiation. Don't magnets attract that? Would it be dangerous to wear a magnet? That's an important part of our discussion. There is a big distinction between PEMFs and EMFs. Now, they're both, the roots are the same, electromagnetic fields. But PEMF stands for pulsed electromagnetic fields, whereas EMFs are still electromagnetic fields, but I call them environmental magnetic fields. And Okay, okay. Right, so in other words, they're the fields around us that are generated by Wi-Fi, cell towers, microwaves, dirty electricity, smart meters. Cable boxes, yeah. Exactly. All of that. Yeah. All of those, uh, Bluetooth, all of those are EMFs. They're high frequencies. And because, they're, because of the high frequencies, they're absorbed by the cells of the body. The wavelengths are extremely short, and they're absorbed. Because they're absorbed, they cause heat, which then causes genetic damage to the cells. Okay. PEMFs are very long waves, and so as a result, they basically can go all the way through the body. And because they're long waves, you know, as they go back and forth and back and forth, they don't sit in the body, they don't stay in the body, and they don't cause heating, so therefore they're not harmful. Okay, good. I'm glad we made that distinction, yeah. Well, it's an important distinction, and I think one of the things that happens is PEMFs can actually help you with EMFs. Because EMFs are doing damage. Sure. So how do you undo damage? You use PEMFs. Whether, it, whether it's an injury, a cut, or a tear, or a burn, or uh, an infection, you can use PMFs to heal virtually you know, any kinds of problems in the body, including cancers. So the PMFs then can help to main, maintain the vitality and health of the tissue, which then allows the tissue to withstand the insult that it's getting with the cell phone next to the head and so on. Okay. That, that makes sense. I have to go. I have to go back to this question though. If someone put a magnet on, would would it, a magnet, a static magnet that someone was wearing all day long, that could attract bad EMFs though, no. couldn't it? No, it can't. Okay, doesn't attract. For the most part, EMFs will bounce around. Yep. 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 They rarely will go through the metal, but they'll bend around it. Okay. So even though you might protect yourself by having a, a filter, or like a thing around your a net around your bed drops down to the floor, it's still got the opportunity for EMFs to leak through whatever gaps or holes or breaks there are in the material. So, so it, that, it's not a complete blockage. Okay. That includes PEMFs, actually, as well. So let's, let's go back to PEMFs for a minute here. So what sort of treatment plan? So you consult with patients and you advise them on the best equipment, but then also on like a therapy protocol, like for how long they would use them or I... I... That's part of the consultation process. So the first thing we do is people contact us. There's a form that they fill out on, on drpollock.com to get a consultation. They complete the form. They, we set up an appointment and then I go through like a physician does, like a doctor does. We go through a process of figuring out why they're calling, what's causing the, what problems they have, and what they've tried, what solutions they've looked at, whether including other magnetic field therapies. And then we say, well, he, given your problem, here's the equipment that would probably work best for you. And then we tell them what the price is of the equipment and they say, oh, I guess I can't, I can't afford that. We'll say, well, if you don't want the best, then you're gonna accept second best. I used to tell my patients, I, I will, we'll have a discussion about what you want to have good health. And then I guarantee you we're going to bargain for your health. 
because you won't want to do everything I tell you you should be doing to have good health, longevity, whatever, anti-aging. And the same thing applies with magnetic field therapy. If you don't get the optimal therapy for yourself, you're going to get less than optimal results. And that's okay. It's better than not doing anything. Sure. But I want to know what the Cadillac of um, therapy is. So can you give us some examples of some of the higher ticket items, some of the, the maybe larger pieces of equipment and the results that patients can get from them? Well, let's talk about a case I just uh, spoke to, some family I just spoke to earlier today. A uh, 16-year-old was in a car accident, major head injury. She veg- was vegetative, basically, in her function. So we know that magnetic field therapy works for the brain, but because of the intensity of magnetic fields and because magnetic fields drop very rapidly in intensity from the radiator, from the thing that causes the magnetic field to be produced, you have to match the intensity of the field to which part of the body you're trying to treat. So you try to treat five inches into the body, you need to match the intensity of the magnetic field to optimally deal with the inflammation that's in the body at that distance. So for example, I actually have a table that I look at. So if you have a if you have to treat four inches into the body, you need about a 1500 Gauss magnetic field. Okay, because you're saying to get into through the skull into the brain, you're saying? Well, the brain doesn't even stop it. It's the loss of the magnetic field that matters. It goes right through anyway. But because it, it's like light, if you're standing next to the light or I'm talking, if you move farther and farther and farther and farther away from me while I'm talking, you're going to hear it less, less and less and less and less. Light and sound and magnetic field therapy are basically the same. So they drop off very rapidly. So you have to account for that loss of the intensity of the magnetic field if you want to deliver a certain amount four inches into the body. So in her case, because it's her whole brain that's involved, we need a strong enough magnetic field that's going to be able to treat the whole brain. And in her case, it's going to be somewhere around 4,000 to 7,000 Gauss in order to do the job. Now, again, you can have some benefit with something that's much weaker and much less expensive, but you're not going to get the same degree of benefit. You're going to have to treat for longer periods of time, longer times during the day, throughout the day, and so on, to get the same results. So generally speaking, the, the better the intensity, the more optimal the intensity is for the problem. The shorter the treatment time and the faster and better the results. Makes sense. So in her case, the magnetic system that we recommended, that I recommended, was something called a ParMeds MultiFlash, which is about 4,000 Gauss. A higher intensity field that's about 7,000 Gauss would be even better. And you can control the intensities. Because you can control the intensity, then you control how much time you have to spend doing treatment. And so that's literally applied to her. I don't know what that piece of equipment looks like. So her brain, yep. Okay. So it's a circle basically put on her brain. Wow. So tell us some, of course I want to know. So tell us some testimonies you've had working with patients, regardless of the complaint and how PMFs have, have really changed their life. Again, magnetic field therapy doesn't care what the tissue is. Magnetic therapy doesn't care what the problem is. Magnetic therapy doesn't care what the gender is. It doesn't even care what species you are. It affects all biology relatively equally. So again, the principle is that you can treat almost anybody with anything because you're not treating the diagnosis. Sure. Sounds too good to be true, but I know it's not. I just sounds... <laughs> no, it's physics. It's, it's basic sure. physics, right? It's not chemistry. It's physics. The physics of magnetic field therapy affects the chemistry, which then affects the tissue. So a couple of stories. It's in my book, Power Tools for Health. I, have a, I had a three-year-old girl. So a three-year-old is going to heal fast, but she cut off the end of her thumb in a door jam. Oh. 
a sharp, sharp door jam. So the parents fortunately called me before the surgeon got at her thumb. And they were going to clean it up and basically graft the, the end of the thumb. Wow. Yeah. So I convinced them to sew the, the piece back on again. And then she did an hour and a half of a relatively inexpensive magnetic field device, an hour and a half a day. Literally 12 weeks later, it was regrowing the nail. It grew back and the nail was growing again. Wow. That story hit close to home because I just slammed my son's finger in the door last weekend. Talk about mom guilt. That was tough. He broke. I broke the little distal <laughs> phalange. He thankfully he didn't need surgery and the nail bed wasn't affected. But good to know we have these tools available. <laughs> Hopefully that never right. happens again. But good. That's amazing. Yeah. My wife broke her little toe. Her little toe was like that. She broke it on lawn furniture. Right. Uh, you know how how many people stub their toes on their lawn furniture. So I knew it was broken. It was black and blue, uh, swollen. So we buddy tape the toe like you're supposed to do, put it in a what called a platform shoe, a shoe that would allow the toes to bend. And we started magnetic field therapy. Same device that we used for the little girl. She wore 24 seven. So this is like midday. The next morning she woke up, no swelling, all the bruising is gone. Wow. And no pain. Wow. She would do it, wore it for another 24 hours and she walked a mile in tennis shoes did it for another 24 hours, walked three miles of tennis shoes, and that was it. Incredible. And she's not a child. I imagine she's around your age. <laughs> uh, well, she's a little younger than <laughs> I am now. She was a little younger then than I am now. Oh. So then I had a young a, a guy, a gentleman who uh, had diabetes, who was gangrenous. His legs were purple from the knees down. His boss, actually, he was running an apartment building for his boss. Uh, he was a, a reprobate. Smoker, drinker, diabetic, all the problems. And the surgeons had said, well, we're going to have to amputate your legs from the knees down, both legs. So the boss brought him in and I said, okay, fine. I don't want to deal with you really because I, <laughs> I think you're going to lose your legs. And I, I unfortunately, with this bad a, a gangrene situation, there's a really good chance you're going to wipe out your kidneys because of sepsis, infection settling in. So if I, if I don't, if you don't get aggressive treatment now, there's a really good chance you're going to have a big problem. And I, you don't want to do this on my watch. I'll get to blame because you lost your kidneys or you died or whatever. Or you got sepsis. Well, they convinced me. So we started working with them. And three months later, literally went back to the surgeon. And the surgeon said, well, I guess we don't have to cut off your legs. Wow. I need a new word for wow. What's a synonym for wow? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, um. <laughs> That's great. Wonderful. Those are spectacular stories. I have another one, a lady who was in her 70s, a nurse who had cardiac problems, who had arrhythmias. She had multiple cardioversions. Cardioversions means they have to do electrical stimulation or medical stimulation of the heart to stop the rhythm, the heart rhythm abnormality. She had that done over 20 times. And the cardiologist said, you're done. No more. We can't do any more to this heart. So he said, you know, make your will, go home and cross your fingers. So they contacted us. I, I did a consultation, got her on a magnetic system. And about two years now, almost, almost two years now, she has not had one visit to the ER. She still has her arrhythmia, but she has not had one more visit to the ER. She hasn't been that bad that she had to go to the ER and be rescued or whatever. And is her frequency, is her kind of therapy protocol that she's using her device like daily or weekly or? Oh, absolutely. She... A couple times a day. Okay. 
most of the time for most people, because most health problems that I deal with are chronic. So arthritis is a chronic problem. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna cure it most of the time. You can get relief with whatever you do, but you're often not gonna cure it. So if you do magnetic therapy on a daily basis, this is the beauty, like the child with the thumb and, and even the diabetic. The beauty is you could heal the tissue. So I'm I'm happy, you're happy that you're not feeling as much pain. You're happy that you don't have as much swelling. You're happy because you have more better range of motion. But I'm not happy because I don't I didn't heal the problem. If I could reverse the problem, get rid of it, then I'm happy. I'm happier as I move along and, and the problem gets better and better and better and better. But, but we're not going to be completely happy until we can reverse it because it's going to come back. So the beauty of magnetic field therapy on a daily basis is you don't give it a chance to come back. And I've seen this many times. I had a hockey player who lost his scholarship playing hockey because he had a groin injury. And he tried all sorts of other therapies. And he used a, a magnetic therapy device on his in the groin area. And two weeks later, no pain. Two weeks later, he's walking. But because he's young and aggressive, what did he start doing? He started running. So all of a sudden, the pain comes back. And it was worse than it was before he actually started the magnetic therapy. So what happens, people start to feel better. And they think, OK, I'm done. But you're not, because the tissue is not healed yet. So again, our goal is to try to heal the tissue so that the problem doesn't come back, or if it does come back, it's not going to be anywhere near as bad as it was before you started the magnetic therapy. Sure. What about for prevention? Are there devices that individuals would just use on a daily basis from a prevention standpoint? Every one of us should. So again, if you're if you're over 24, you probably should. Certainly, if you're playing sports, you you definitely should. I'm just thinking from a family standpoint. So what what would be the best utilization of like? We think of cost, but best bang for your buck for the family that everyone could use the device that then could be used on a thumbs or on a son's thumb if it gets shut in the door. Or what would be the best utilization? In that case, the health maintenance device is probably not going to work as well because the intensity matters. I have a video on my website, Intensity Matters, because the intensity drives the energy production in the tissue. So if you have a weak magnetic field, you're not going to have as much energy production. So for health maintenance purposes, if you're basically pretty healthy, you don't need as much. Sure. But that if, makes you're, sense. if you're 40, you don't need as much as if you're going to as you're going to need at 60. Even if you do magnetic field therapy on a daily basis, because again, it may not be enough energy for the entropy that's going on in your body at that time. But for most other people, a device that we have that would be useful for health maintenance with a reasonable intensity and a reasonable price uh, is the biobalance. Okay. So it's a whole body magnetic system. You can use it for hours at a time. You can alter the intensity. You can even use it while you're sleeping. So it's about 10 Gauss, which is not great, but it's not bad. Certainly 10 times better than a one Gauss machine that costs $6,000. So it's a third the price and 10 times the intensity. Sure. And how do you use that? I should just go to your website right now and look at that. Is that device on your website? <laughs> Biobalance. So you, it's a whole body system. You lay on it. Basically, you plug, plug it in, turn it on, set the program you want, and just run it for as much time as you want to do a treatment. For basic health maintenance, if every one of us did a half an hour twice a day, I tell people to do half an hour in the morning. You know, you could do more probably shouldn't do less, but whatever you do is better than what you weren't doing before. Basically, get your deep breathing in, read a book, 
<laughs> that's all, your downtime. All, all of that is downtime. Yeah. I find that actually most people don't read when they when they're using this. Because they're too relaxed. Oh, just to take just, a little cat oh, nap. So chilled out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so half an hour, maximum intensity. Get rid of the cobwebs from the night before. And then at the end of the day, what happens during the day? This is what leads to uh, decreases in longevity, stress. And it's not just emotional stress, it's physical stress. It's the use of the body, just using the body itself. So while activity and exercise are good for us, they also de put a, de a demand on us, right? And so you build up lactic acid, you build up edema in the tissues and the muscles, and you want to wash that out. And by doing a treatment at the end of the day, you're washing the stress of the day out. In the morning, you're getting rid of the cobwebs from the night before. So that would be a sort of a, an ideal protocol, half an hour, twice a day. Ideal maintenance, okay. So I imagine athletes would, well, they should just soak up this sort of <laughs> therapy because it could be extremely helpful for them. And I think that to go back to a point I made before, I've looked at so many different therapies and they all have a value. Laser, ozone, oxygen, cryo, light therapies, all of that, all, all of those help. But they all have limitations. And magnetic therapy has limitations. But if you're looking at cost, and the number of actions that a particular system would have, magnetic field therapy has the best value. And it's something that you can do for the rest of your life. And you don't have to go somewhere to do treatment. You own the system and you're using it yourself every day. That leads me to a couple other questions. Actually, I want to go back real quick to stress. So what impact do PMFs have on the autonomic nervous system? So if someone is feeling revved up, anxious, is this going to help calm well, so devices like the BioBalance, and then again, I have other devices that are specifically tuned to the brain, which is called neuroentrainment or neurofeedback. So I'll give you an example. I had a patient come in one time who was extraordinarily fidgety and nervous and anxious. She could barely sit still. And she had a, an hour appointment. She wasn't going to make it. She had to get up. Within five minutes she was, of her being in the office, she started to get up and pace. So I said, okay, fine, we're going to treat her. I'm going to give her a magnetic therapy device that she put at the back of her neck, right up at the top of the neck, at 7 hertz, which is theta. So 7 hertz is very relaxing. It's a meditation frequency. So she put it on the back of her neck, high intensity, and you could literally see the elevator going down. So within 10 minutes or 15 minutes of her starting the magnetic therapy, she sat down, and she was fine the rest of the visit. So at the end of the visit, I said, what was your intensity before you started? The magnetic therapy. She said seven out of 10. 10 being the worst you can imagine. I can't imagine her being 10. Right. She was already <laughs> pretty, pretty stressed. At the end, she said she was a three. So she's more than half of the yeah, reduced, yeah, stress yeah. level that she had. And of course, she bought a system, but she uses it every single day. Makes sense. So what, what about cautions or contraindications? Is there anyone that should not use one of these devices? The biggest precautions or cautions are electronics, implanted electronics, pacemakers, defibrillators, other electronic equipment. That doesn't mean you can't use it. You just have to be careful around it. Fortunately, these days, a lot of the implanted equipment, electronic equipment, is what we call MR conditional. In other words, you can get an MRI even though you have the implanted electronics. And if, you are, if your equipment is MR conditional, then you can use magnetic therapy without really any reservations. The only other big contraindication, as far as I'm concerned, is transplants. Okay. People who have had kidney transplants, corneal transplants, anything where they're required to be on immunosuppression, not a good idea. Because 
magnetic field therapy affects or impacts the immune system. And we don't know what direction is going to be impacted for a given person. So that's a, that's a contraindication. Other than that. What about pregnancy? We say, we categorically say you shouldn't use it in pregnancy. And they do that with all the drugs as well. Unless they've done a study to prove that it's safe in pregnancy. Right. So what happens in pregnancy, I've had many women who had magnetic therapy devices, got pregnant, used it throughout their pregnancies, had their pregnancies, and they were a breeze. They had much less pain than they had in prior pregnancies without magnetic field therapy. So they, they had no problems. Also, we know women who are working around MRI machines who get pregnant and they don't have any problems. Right, so most of the time, the indirect evidence suggests that probably it's safe, but we have to say legally, you shouldn't use it in pregnancy. Of course, yep. So I have to ask about the AMP coil, because I've had some patients who have asked me about that. So can you tell us what an AMP coil is? And do you like them? Or are you for them or not? Or tell me, they are, they're pricey as well. <laughs> they're very pricey. And... Um, so again, I say that one of the most important things that people can do with magnetic field therapy is to understand the Faraday's law of induction. And again, I have that video on my website, Intensity Matters, that explains that. And we'll post that in the show notes, that, that video. It's really important to understand why I would choose particular devices. So the amp coil is a big ring. It's actually pretty ugly, but it's a big ring. And it doesn't have a high magnetic field intensity. It's maybe somewhere around 300 Gauss, which is a pretty decent intensity. The little magnet that we use for the, little, the girl's thumb mm -hmm. was about 200 Gauss. So it's comparable, much less expensive. The issue with the amp coil that I will often discuss with people is the fact that it's using all these frequencies. So the big thing about the amp coil is not the magnetic field benefits that they're getting. They're getting frequencies, which oh, is okay. related to rife. The way they talk, you look at their website, it's all about the frequencies. And these frequencies do this, and these frequencies do that, and so on. I own $4,000 rife machines. I don't use them. I have the same issues with frequency-specific microcurrent. Because most of the time, there's very little research to say that this frequency does this specifically or that frequency is specific for that. Most of the formulas that they're recommending are whisper down the lane. He said, she said. Anecdotal reports. So there's no good scientific evidence. And that's why I wrote the book, Power Tools for Health. Here's the evidence. So you can go, you can do your own discovery, but if you want to rely on something here, at least this study was done for this frequency, this intensity for this problem. Sure. Okay. So the, the app quote, I'm not saying it doesn't work because I think lots of people get benefit from it. But I think, again, if you're going to spend that money, then you probably want to do something different. And there's a there's another principle of physics that's important with, with uh, the app coil and Rife machines and magnetic therapy is that when you increase the frequency, you decrease the intensity. And so, you know, even though you're starting with 300 Gauss, that may be true for three hertz, three cycles per second which is a sleep frequency, and the wavelength is much much longer. But as you increase the intensity, you go up to 50 hertz, or you go to 100 hertz, or you go to 200 hertz, the magnetic field intensity drops off dramatically. So really, you're getting very little, if any, magnetic field benefit. Hmm. I didn't know that. I have to I have to ask here, can you explain what a Rife machine is really quick? Because I'm sure the listeners are wondering, well, what the heck is a Rife machine? 
Well, there was a guy called Royal Rife who discovered that certain frequencies would kill viruses or they kill bacteria. And he became basically, essentially, uh, by his own work, he became a microbiologist. So he, he said this, this frequency killed this or this frequency killed that. And he discovered this in a Petri dish. So a human body is not a Petri dish, except maybe our kids. So what happens in a body is a whole lot different than what happens in a Petri dish. And then you have the same problem that I talked about with intensity. So if I do a study that says you need 15 gauss to help you with inflammation at the Petri dish, that's fine. If I was just treating a, a, a nick in my elbow or my wrist, 15 gauss may be very effective there. But if I need to treat into the brain, deep into the brain, nada. It's not going to work. So, so Rife then is, is a, the principle, the idea is a reasonable idea. The problem is in the execution sure. and the reliability and the validity of the results. Sure. Transplanting that to humans. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge on PMFs. This is very interesting. <laughs> I have to ask your top longevity tip. And it's okay if you repeat something you've already mentioned today. Maybe PEMFs are your top longevity tip. But what, what's your top longevity tip? Um, genes. Specifically? <laughs> Having the right genes. <laughs> it's not that easy for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not the kind that you wear. I mean, genetics is very important. But ultimately, lifestyle can undo or amplify the benefits of the value of the genes that you carry. But I also say to people that you can't, magnetic field therapy is only as good as the body. You can't build a house without bricks and mortar. So if your starting point for the body, one of the original uses of PEMFs that's been approved by the federal government is for what we call non-union fractures. So fractures that wouldn't heal. They discover that magnetic fields will actually heal those fractures. But they're using them for 12 hours a day to be able to heal those fractures. And it works. It absolutely works. So we know that Magnetic field therapy can can do these sorts of things, and it will reverse the damage, but it's all about the energy, producing energy in the body. So why do those people get to that point where they couldn't heal a fracture? They had a lousy starting point. Genes. Mm. <laughs> well, not only genes, but nutrition. Yeah. And stress and smoking and drinking like the guy with the legs. Right. Right? So... What you do then is if you want to do magnetic field therapy and get the optimal results, then you have to have adequate nutrition. You have to adequate rest. You can't be throwing gasoline on the fire, putting throwing water in the fire at the same time, trying to put it out. Right? Then you don't know whether it's going to work or not. So I make sure that people have adequate nutrition, all the right lifestyle, other longevity things that you that you would discuss. You need all of those. Uh, the electrical work of your genetics, uh, the nutritional deficiencies, detox detoxification having too much toxicity in your body. So anything that you're fighting in your body that's already there, magnetic field therapy has to deal with that as well as improving your health in general, not just removing the problem, but actually getting you back up to sufficiency again. So I think in the long run, probably for most people, I had a, uh, an interview with Joe Marcola, Dr. Marcola. And at the end of the interview, he says, well, everybody should use an own a PMF system. I think that is the truth. Everybody should own a PMF system. No matter what else you're doing with your body, no matter what else you're doing to improve your longevity, you're going to take it a step further. Sure, another layer, another strategy to, to building healthy. To improve longevity. Wonderful. Well, tell me, I know you have a gift for our listeners. So what, what is that gift? So we have a, a PDF, which I had created for a summit, a different summit, which will be free. 
So it's a it's a, a an extensive write up on stress and the effects of stress, and then how do you mitigate stress? And there's some discussion in there about PEMS and how they also help with stress. Wonderful. So we'll post the link to that free gift in the show notes. Many of my guests talk about the uh, detrimental effects of stress on our health. So I love hearing <laughs> all my experts over and over again, just saying how important it is to, to deal with that stress. So good tip. So PEMFs help to mitigate stress. Awesome. Plus helping to heal the body that's in stress. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I learned a lot. I, I knew very little about PEMF. So you thank you for expanding my knowledge here. You are the most incredible resource for these. So I hope our listeners take advantage and visit your website. That's drpollock.com. Again, we'll post that in the show notes. So thank you again for coming on the show today and just sharing with our audience benefits of something that you've become the, the leading expert on. So thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. And I appreciate uh, being able to share with, with you and your folks. Well, after that, I'm pretty convinced I need to get one of these machines. I think I'll start with that biobalance mat, and I'm thankful to know there are countless other options with specific applications should I need to use them. Again, check out Dr. Pollock's website. That's drpawluk.com. He even has a thorough product comparison with price, frequency, intensity, waveform, and basically everything you need to know. Check it out. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read all of the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, or how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thanks so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.